0: You are listening to Her Guided Evolution, a weekly podcast created to help Black mothers be consistent with their self-care and take daily action toward well-being. I'm your host, Shanice Jones Cameron, a mom of three, wife, and PhD student. I created the show to connect you with tools and resources to help you commit to a healthier lifestyle, manage stress, and prioritize your personal growth. Now, let's start the show. Hey, welcome back to Her Guided Evolution, and for today's show notes, you can go to herguidedevolution.com forward slash episode 12. So for today's podcast episode, I want to offer you seven productivity tips that I hope will help you as you are working from home. So considering our current bizarre time, I know a lot of us are still working from home we may be trying to navigate working from home as we are confined in the house and have all of the distractions that working from home offers us. And I know it can be difficult for a lot of people to still get things done, especially when you don't have access to like a coffee shop or your office or really just a quiet, relatively distraction-free space. So, That is a challenge for a lot of us. But before I get into the productivity tips, I want to preface this entire episode with this idea that I am not offering these tips because I think you should be more productive or you should be attaching your value or your deservingness of rest to productivity. That's not why I'm here. Um, I don't want to encourage that mindset at all. I am offering these productivity tips because just honestly, most of us have to work to provide for ourselves and our families and, or we have bigger goals that we are trying to reach. So, I mean, we live in a capitalist society, we got to live, we got to eat, we got bills. (laughs) So I'm offering this because regardless of what's going on in the world, we likely have employers or supervisors or clients that need us to produce something. And I know a lack of productivity or not being as productive as you want to be may be causing you a lot of stress, especially if you're struggling to be productive and this is something that's an ongoing thing for you because you're working from home. But I want to encourage you to try not to approach productivity as something that is attached to your worth because it's not. And honestly, during this chaotic, bizarre time, I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself and not use your lack of productivity to bash yourself. It's a wonder that any of us can get anything done as far as like professional work while we're working from home, especially if you have kids in the house and all these other responsibilities, all these distractions, you got Netflix that can draw you in. You probably want to lay on your couch and scroll through Instagram. Like I get it. <laughs> and we just need to normalize that, the current circumstances, the current conditions are going to make working and producing a lot more difficult. So I don't want any of this to be taken as you need to be more productive. You should be more productive so much as I'm trying to offer these tips and hopes that it may help you get more done and help you feel a little less stressed if you are trying to navigate working from home and throughout this episode I am going to be talking specifically about professional work and professional obligations however I want to point out that domestic work so like taking care of your kids cleaning your house doing laundry that is also work And that should be valued as such. So in our society, we don't often consider housework to be quote unquote work. And it's connected to like the devaluation of female labor and black women's labor is a whole other added layer to that. And that's another conversation. But I just wanted to point out, and I think it's important to point out that domestic work is absolutely work. And if you are home trying to take care of your kids or even just trying to keep the house in one piece, you're probably doing a lot more work than you're giving yourself credit for. So I just want to point that out. Domestic work and domestic labor is absolutely work. So even if it's not professional labor, just I want to put that in context and encourage you to give yourself credit for what you're already doing. So as we are proceeding with this episode and talking about work in the context of professional work, I want to stress once again that your productivity does not equal your worth. It has nothing to do with your worth or your value. And you don't have to be productive in order to be deserving of a break or relaxation or self-care. I want to dispel all of those like toxic ideas here. And this is something that I'm also telling myself because I know it could be really difficult. And if you're struggling with feelings of guilt or disappointment in yourself because you're not being as productive as you want to be, I want to encourage you to stop right now. Please go back and listen to episode four of this podcast if you haven't already. I have an episode about how to journal and care for yourself when you get to the end of the day and you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish. So please go back and listen to episode four if that's something that you're struggling with. I just want to stress that being kind to yourself when you're unproductive for me and in my opinion, it's just as important as getting stuff done. And I don't think that it serves you to drag yourself for all the things you meant to do, but didn't follow through on, because ultimately that's probably not going to help you get your work done if you're coming from this place of like self-loathing and disappointment. So please take a moment to Just consider that and I want to approach this episode with that spirit in mind. So the first tip that I want to offer you to help you be productive while you're working from home is first and foremost, I want to encourage you to manage your mind. So your inclination to procrastinate is coming from your mind. I think that's really important for all of us to kind of consider. You're likely trying to avoid a feeling And rather than feel the feelings that come along with working, you may be searching for instant gratification of some sort by watching TV, scrolling through Instagram, watching YouTube videos. And I know for me, when I'm avoiding, for example, like reading for class, I'm often trying to avoid the feeling of being bored or feeling stupid (laughs) if the reading is really difficult. (laughs) But I also tell myself if I'm going to be feeling bad for not doing the work, I might as well just go ahead and do it anyway and feel bored and feel frustrated and feel stupid because avoiding the work is already causing me some type of discomfort because I'm feeling guilty and thinking in the back of my mind, I should be working. So I want you to think about all of the energy that you expend trying to avoid your work, the guilt that comes along with not doing your work and take that discomfort And try to do the work anyway and use that discomfort to roll into the work that you are avoiding. And you're probably already managing your mind like this when it comes to working from home and your productivity anyway, because think about it, how often do you actually feel like working? If you're anything like me, I'm guessing not much at all. (laughs) So you're already doing this on some level. You're doing that mind over matter and working even when you don't feel like it. So I just encourage you to just build on that. I think about it as if you are strengthening a muscle. That muscle where you can acknowledge your thoughts and your feelings and act in a different way despite how you feel. So with managing your mind, you can... Focus on the actions that you want to take rather than getting caught up on the thoughts and the feelings. This is a lot easier said than done. But for example, you can have a thought that says, oh, I just don't feel like doing this and have those really like uncomfortable feelings of not wanting to get started on work. But you can absolutely take the action and do the work anyway. And in my experience, the more you do this, the more you acknowledge your thoughts and then just do basically the opposite of what your thoughts are saying and just do the work anyway, it gets easier over time in my experience. So I want to encourage you to manage your mind first and foremost, as you are working from home. So my second suggestion is to break down tasks to their smallest form and just start somewhere. So starting is often like the hardest part for me When I really don't feel like doing anything, I will break the task down to its absolute smallest part just to feel like I accomplished something. So I'll jot down a few notes or ideas for an assignment or a paper on my phone when I'm with my kids, when they're eating a snack. Um, I'll download all of my readings to my iPad for class. And for me, that like constitutes one task that I have accomplished because it's like, okay, at the very least, I downloaded my readings. (laughs) And think about some ways that you can prepare to do your work or those little small tasks that give you some momentum because the key here is just starting getting some momentum feeling like okay. At least I have bypassed that hurdle of actually getting started. So open all the documents that you need to reference on your computer. Respond to that email that you've been putting off. Give yourself five minutes for that. Make an outline of the small tasks that are required to complete that bigger task. Doing these little things can help you get started even when you don't feel like it. So break down the tasks to their very, very smallest part and just start somewhere because that'll help you build some momentum. So number three, my third tip is to use the Pomodoro technique and build breaks into your day. So I use a revised version of the Pomodoro technique, which is a time management system where you work in increments. So for me, I work for 20 minutes and I take 10 minutes off. So I will like segment my workday in like 30 minute increments. So work for 20 minutes, take 10 minutes off. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll often use those 10 minutes to... Um, maybe jot down some notes for a podcast episode or do some deep breathing and watching a few minutes of maybe Real Housewives or something. Or sometimes I'll take those 10 minutes and do yoga. So for me, building breaks into my day is just a way to, get myself started as well as give me, a, give me something else to look forward to that isn't just huge blocks of time where I'm having to focus and work. So building breaks into your day and committing to working for a short period of time is one way that I kind of negotiate with myself when I literally don't want to do anything. And oftentimes I do the 20 minutes on 10 minutes off, but sometimes if I'm really not feeling it, I will make a deal with myself and be like, okay just focus on this for 10 minutes. You can do this. And then after that 10 minutes, you can take a break. (laughs) And usually that's all I need to kind of get started. And oftentimes, I'll end up wanting to work longer and skip my breaks because I kind of get into a flow. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm about to get this done. But I could be really bad about that. I don't recommend that you skip your breaks. I'm telling myself this too. Because the breaks are part of what helps you keep the momentum and helps you build kind of a healthier mindset around rest and working. So working in, in maybe 20-minute increments and taking a 10-minute break or even working for 15 minutes and taking a 10-minute break. Once again, you're just starting somewhere and you're using those breaks to kind of tell yourself that, okay, okay, I can commit to working for this amount of time and then I can take a break. And oftentimes for me, that's enough to help me just kind of move forward. So my fourth suggestion is to make use of the variety of spaces that you have available to you. So I work at my desk a lot and I say this all the time, like to my husband. <laughs> I'm just like, I have to get away from my desk because If I'm working there for hours and hours and hours, like working on an assignment, it just kind of starts feeling like a dungeon. I just feel trapped and I'm just like, I have to go somewhere other than this desk. So we have a couch in our office area. So I'll stop sitting at my desk and I'll go sit there when I've been putting a lot of work in at my desk. And that's a little bit of a change of environment even though I'm in the same room. Um the couch is also good for power naps during the day like if I don't want to get too comfortable and like go lay down in the bed and sleep for a really long time, the couch in the office area that's actually great for like little power naps and it's a quick aside. Um so I'll go work on the porch or at the kitchen table and I know this isn't necessarily recommended but I'll even lay in the bed sometimes and just read because I just need a change of scenery and for me a change of scenery can be really rejuvenating so think about maybe your porch your desk your bedroom your kitchen table think about the other places in your house or around your neighborhood like my husband will often go work at the pool in our neighborhood and um he goes in the he'll go in the morning sometimes when there's very few people there so he could just kind of sit at a table by himself they have like the little umbrellas, so it won't be like super hot when the sun is out and like the North Carolina heat is no joke, but he'll do that sometimes. So think about the variety of spaces that may be available to you. And movement and just keeping yourself moving through your, throughout your workday, especially when you're working from home, that can be energizing. A change of scenery can be rejuvenating. So kind of think about it like that. Think about the variety of spaces that are available to you and think about how you can maximize the spaces that you have access to, even if you are kind of confined to working from home. So the fifth productivity tip that I have for you is to listen to instrumentals. Listen to instrumental music. So I listen to instrumentals all the time when I work because for me it's less distracting than music with words. And sometimes I listen to music with words, um, but a lot of times I tend to just kind of go with the instrumentals because I find them to be less distracting. Um, I listen to chill hop music. I listen to relaxation music. I listen to meditation music. Classical music sometimes, but that's not really my vibe. Um, I will break out the Disney instrumentals and Halloween instrumentals and Christmas instrumentals because I'm a nerd. (laughs) Um, I mean, I love like sometimes I'll listen to like the City Girls or something like that. But especially when I'm writing, I just need to listen to something that will help me stay focused. And a lot of times like those songs or like those R&B jams or the rap that I want to listen to a lot of times those can be a little bit distracting because I want to sit and I want to like sing to those. And I'm like, no, I need to be focused on Foucault right now. Um, But instrumentals in my experience can be really helpful. And I've also found that one way that I procrastinate is looking for the right playlist or the right song. So for me, this works best when I have a few instrumental playlists that I can refer back to and just start working immediately like, okay, I see that my brain is trying to go searching for a playlist to listen to. As a matter of fact, let me go back to this lo-fi chill hop playlist that I was listening to the other day. So that kind of cuts down on it. So listening to instrumentals is really good for me. It may help you as well to just kind of have music that doesn't have words that can kind of help you stay focused. So number six is to multitask when you can, but beware of splitting your attention. So from what I understand, there is research out there that says multitasking is just not ideal because you end up like not being able to focus on a particular task so it ends up taking you longer. I've said this before, your girl has to multitask. I got three kids, I'm working on a PhD, I have to multitask. <laughs> so when the kids are eating dinner, I'll like take a moment to like jot down some notes for a paper Or like in the past, I've taken like times when I'm with my kids and I have like a few down moments to respond to emails. I don't necessarily recommend that because that for me, that hasn't necessarily been the best because I've misread some emails and sent out replies. It really didn't make a lot of sense because I was distracted, like stopping and trying to tell the kids not to throw their food on the floor. So just think about when you're multitasking, some work will lend itself better than others to multitasking. So making lists or drafting an email that you plan to send later is a good task that you can kind of work on as you're doing something else. If you have any sort of organizing or mindless work that needs to be done, these are good tasks that you can do when you have a few minutes of downtime. Or if you want to combine like those little mindless tasks with watching TV or listening to a podcast, you're still moving forward and doing something. So think about how you can multitask, but just beware of splitting your attention. You may not want to multitask when you are having to directly interact with or indirectly interact with someone like sending a final email or anything like that. So multitasking is great for like drafting and organizing and those kind of mindless tasks that you can do and still can help you kind of get something done in those moments. So the last productivity tip that I have for you is to beware of how you procrastinate and the things that you do to procrastinate. This can be real helpful. So I procrastinate by going downstairs for coffee and snacks. And because I recognize this about myself, I'll often make sure that I have more than enough snacks and drinks that I need to continue working or else I'll be downstairs like playing with my kids and just going back and forth to the pantry So just being aware that that's oftentimes how I procrastinate. Like I now have an Ember mug, which is a temperature control mug. Like I'm a gadget geek for sure. So I love like little odd like gadgets and electronics and technology. I truly do. So I have an Ember mug and my Ember mug is like this temperature control mug that my husband got me for Christmas last year and it has helped me save so much time because I would often go downstairs and have to reheat my coffee like eight times because it takes me forever to drink a cup of coffee. And that was one way that I would procrastinate. Like I noticed like, okay, I procrastinate by drinking coffee very slowly and then going to the microwave and heating it up. (laughs) So my Ember mug has pretty much like wiped all of that away because I have my Ember mug, I sit down on the coaster, and my coffee will just stay warm for hours. So I, that's one way that I was procrastinating that I don't do anymore because I'm able to kind of see, like, okay, I was spending that time procrastinating, here's a solution. And I'm not saying that that's, that particular solution is going to work for everyone because honestly, gadgets are expensive, and I know everyone may not have the desire or the resources to by things like that. But the main thing that I'm trying to communicate here is just to make sure that you're just kind of aware of how you procrastinate. Another thing that I do is I'll put my phone on do not disturb because I know I'll stop and read a text message or answer, answer calls from my mama. <laughs> like I'll call, like I can return calls when I get to a stopping point, but anytime you're breaking that flow and if you already know that you are susceptible to procrastinating in that way that's something that you may be mindful of and kind of try to counteract as you're going into a work session so you may procrastinate by watching tv so you might change where you work so you have less access to your tv during the day or maybe your phone if it's instagram that is distracting you or facebook if you notice that you're not getting dressed until noon and that's one way that you procrastinate because you're like okay well I'm not really dressed, so I'll just kind of hang around in the morning. And once I get dressed, I'll go ahead and start working. If that's you, one of the things that you can do is maybe tell yourself, like, okay, instead of getting dressed at noon, I'm going to get dressed at 9 o'clock. So just be aware of the things that you do to procrastinate so you can try to kind of reorient your brain and kind of take those actions to help you avoid how you are procrastinating. So that's the seventh to beware of how you procrastinate. Kind of try to plan ahead to help yourself stay focused. So for this week's introspection segment, I am thinking about my episode from last week and just kind of how it felt to be vulnerable. Last week's episode was very difficult to record. Um, Vulnerability is not easy for me. I tend to be a private person and to admit that I was struggling in that way and to disclose my mental health issues. It was it was kind of difficult, but I just really appreciate the people who reached out to me and said that they could relate and that my transparency helped them because that made me feel a lot less weird about it. And I just felt like it was important to share because I think on a human level, that's how we can connect to people. Vulnerability can definitely make you feel exposed and like you're opening yourself up to be judged and a criticism. But I also think that very few people are happy all the time. (laughs) A lot of us are dealing with this bizarre and chaotic time the best that we can. And I think we, get through that if we are leaning on our support systems and letting people know like, okay, girl last week was actually really tough or today has been really tough and just learning to care for ourselves and learning to stay in the moment and finding gratitude where we are. I think that is how we can just navigate this very bizarre and scary time. So for, This introspection segment, I want you to think about someone you love and who you are really grateful for and tell them that you appreciate them. And I encourage you to do this because you never know who in your life might be struggling. You never know who in your life could really benefit from hearing those words. Like, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. I appreciate you and everything you have helped me with or done for me. Like, you never know who needs to hear that. So I encourage you to just share a kind word and express your gratitude for someone. Check on your strong friends. Be vulnerable with them if you're struggling. These are things that make us human and help us build connections with people who mean the most to us. So that is all for this week. Take care and be well. much for listening to her guided evolution don't forget to grab my free daily self-care plan a guide that outlines exactly what you can do in the morning afternoon and evening to support your well-being you can grab the guide at herguidedevolution.com forward slash plan once you sign up i'll also send you free weekly emails to help you stay inspired and motivated on your well-being journey take care and i'll talk to you next week